0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. It was impossible. You know it was impossible. What God promised to Abram the great father or Abraham, the father of many, as we have to call him now, it just wasn't going to happen. He was a century old. He was, as Paul says, as good as dead. He was not going to father children. It just wasn't going to happen. Sarah was as old as Abraham was. She was post, post, post menopausal. (laughs) It was impossible for her to conceive and bear a child. It just couldn't happen. For this ancient people who who reckoned the production of heirs as the chief goal of life, they were both as good as dead. They had no reason to continue existing if they couldn't produce children. And producing children was impossible. But God made a promise and Abraham believed it. Abraham believed that God could and would do the impossible, could do what rational people knew could never be done. Abraham believed and Sarah laughed, and Abraham's belief was reckoned to him as righteousness. Instead of doing the impossible, keeping the law, Abraham believed the impossible, the promise of God. His faith in God to accomplish what could not be done, to bring new life from bodies as good as dead, that faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. He didn't have to keep the law. He didn't even know the law. He didn't know the Ten Commandments. He didn't know the Shema, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. He didn't know that he was supposed to love his neighbor as himself. Instead of doing the impossible, he believed the impossible. He believed that God was completely trustworthy and that his promises were true and were sure. And so God called Abraham righteous. Jesus told his disciples the impossible. He told them that he, the Messiah, the one who was to come, the one who would sit on the throne of his ancestor David, the one who would subdue and judge the nations and make Israel great again. He told the disciples he was as good as dead. It was impossible. How could a dead man raise armies? How could a dead man kick out the Romans? How could a dead man fulfill prophecy? It just couldn't happen. The Messiah couldn't be rejected, couldn't be killed. Someone who had died couldn't be made alive again. But that was the impossible promise that Jesus offered. It's hard to believe the impossible. Abraham started off well, but you know, after a while, still no children, he got tired of waiting for God, and he stopped being faithful and started instead to get out ahead, to push ahead of himself. God had promised that he would conceive a son with Sarah, but Abraham had waited so long, he was so eager for a child, he was so eager to see his posterity, that he conceived a child with Hagar and tremendous family difficulties ensued. (laughs) Instead of waiting for God, Abraham ran out front, got in the lead, ahead of God. And God made a great nation of Ishmael, too. But the promise was carried out and carried forward in Isaac. And seeing that God could do the impossible, Abraham learned. He learned. And he was willing even to sacrifice Isaac, confident that God's promise was sure. Peter, too, had a hard time with the impossible. Peter, too, got out in front of God, not because he was tired of waiting like Abraham was, but because he knew better. Anyone here know better than Jesus? (laughs) Peter knew that Jesus was the Messiah. It was Peter who had said it, not one paragraph before this passage. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah, but he also knew the law and the commandments. He also knew the prophecies, and he knew, he knew that the Messiah couldn't free his people if he died. He had to fill Jesus in, set him straight. Peter knew Jesus very well. He knew Jesus better than Abraham knew God. Peter knew that Jesus was trustworthy and true, but Peter couldn't believe the impossible, and so he tried you know, take Jesus aside and say, this is a bad political plan, this, this dying business. You'll never be popular that way. The crowds won't follow you if you're in the tomb. And so Peter tempted him down the path of, of popularity that would give him power and glory and, and the world's admiration. And Jesus turned, turned his back on his friend and turned toward his disciples and said, get behind me, get behind me. Follow me, not out in front, behind. And of course, like Abraham, Peter saw the impossible happen. And he learned. And he did the impossible. (coughs) The impossible promises of God are sure. The unbelievable promises of God are true. Jesus told the crowd, and he tells us, those who would save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. That's impossible. The very phrase is impossible. Whoever loses their life will save it. It's a direct contradiction. It just can't happen. But we can believe it Anyway, do you have what it takes to believe the impossible? Do we trust Jesus enough to do as he says, to take up our crosses and follow him? What does that mean anyway, take up a cross? We're used to thinking of a cross as our burden to bear, The cross is so much more than that, that shrinks the cross to near meaninglessness. The cross, the cross is a reminder that you are as good as dead. This instrument of death is a reminder that you are condemned, that you are dust and to dust you shall return. It's a reminder that your life is not yours. The cross that you bear is everything that reminds you every day that you are not God. The cross is all your pain, it is all your confusion, it is all your frustration, it is your loss, it is your tears, it is your mortality. Our cross is our acknowledgement that one day, sooner or later, we will all die. And until then, we are wholly dependent on God for every breath. The crosses that we carry remind us that like Abraham, We are as good as dead, and that much can't be denied. All of us will die. What is impossible is that the cross, this instrument of of torture and of death, the cross is also a promise, a sure promise, a true promise. If we carry our crosses behind Jesus, if we take up our own deaths and follow him, we can leave death itself in the tomb. The impossibility that Jesus promises is that we can leave all our burdens, our pain, our confusion, our anger, our mourning, our hopelessness, our mortality, we can leave all of them in the tomb. Could it be that even though we are as good as dead, Christ's impossible promise of eternal life is true and sure and trustworthy. Can we believe that? When we take up our crosses, we acknowledge that we are as good as dead. That means we have nothing left to lose. And if we have nothing left to lose, why not take the risk? Why not listen to the promise? Listen to the promise. All who sleep in the earth, bow down to him in worship. Listen to the promise. My soul shall live for him. My descendants shall serve him. They shall be known as the Lord's forever. Listen to the promise. They shall come and proclaim to a people yet unborn the saving deeds that he has done. We will live. That's the promise. Our descendants will live. The church will live. That's the promise. Why not believe the impossible?